Welcome to the Beth and Kelly Show, a weekly Facebook Live conversation between Beth Fortune and Kelly Klingen. That's me. And we've made it into a podcast. Beth Fortune currently serves as Education Director at Wintergrass, the National American String Teachers Association Board, and Chair of the National Council for Orchestral Education. I currently serve as Education Director at Jazz Ed the Washington president at Jazz Education Network and Jazz Curriculum Officer for Washington Music Educators Association. We have a platform and we really want to leverage it for positive change. Please hit us up. Let's have a conversation and uh, let's move our practice as music educators forward. Welcome to the show, Estella, and for folks who are listening or for folks who are tuning in later, um, if anybody out there is like me, I am a classroom music teacher. Um, I direct high school ensembles, and um, I do spend quite a little bit of my time thinking about what is there out there for someone like me who has a master's degree music education and has spent an entire career teaching in the institution that is public schools and almost like I don't know it's like a sign from the cosmos or something Mm -hmm. Stella is scheduled on our show and she's gonna talk about not only the products that she offers but just the whole concept of Yes, you can do something other than teaching in the public schools, teaching music. Entrepreneurship, you know? Entrepreneurship. And like, all of us are so crazy busy. This is December, right? I'm sure everyone's got like all kinds of stuff that they have to hit go on between now and the 20th or something. Mm -hmm. But take some time to listen to this. Estella, why don't you tell us about yourself? Hi, Beth, Kelly, thank you guys uh, Mm -hmm. for having me. And yes, December's finally here. I'm personally going to be much more relaxed this December than maybe any other December um, because I just got done with five months of being in a a work cave where I worked like 10 to 12 hours a day and I didn't do anything I liked doing. Like I had no time to read, things like that. So yes, December, I'm so glad it's finally here. Uh, it's my favorite month of the year. Uh, but my name is Estella Aragon. I'm a trumpet teacher and a trumpet player, of course. I own two businesses. One of them is uh, Music Fit Academy, which I founded shortly after graduating with my master's degree in 2014. Um, and that is a studio. So this is a face-to-face private trumpet studio uh, where I see my students weekly, you know, just like any good old studio. Um, except I hope it's better and cooler and, and more fun. They do seem to stick around for a long time. So I, I think I'm doing something right. Um, and uh, so we do that. That's Music Fit Academy. Uh, it is 100% online, which I was doing before it was cool or necessary for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was always an idea like, you know, get it, get it online now so that I have freedom to fly away. Uh, wherever I, I need to and whenever I need to. Um, and then the other business is trumpetheadquarters.com, which technically I founded in 2018, but its completion is actually very, very recent. Um, 
it, 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 it actually I completed it twice and I'll tell you the story about that later I'm sure but um, but yeah so that is a trumpet online course so it's a membership based program uh, students pay monthly to have access to the course and it starts with absolute beginner how to hold the trumpet to very very advanced uh, proficient techniques that's awesome I have a couple of questions um, but I am excited to hear you talking about doing things online before it was necessary because um, it's something that I had thought about before the pandemic thinking God, you know, it'd be really helpful if kids had, for example, like, um, you know, if you wanted to do like an, like a YouTube yoga class, they'll have like the opening stretching routine mm -hmm. and you can just put it on in your home and do it by yourself. And I thought, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be great if kids had something like that, that they could start like their daily practice routine with, because kids are always saying to me, well, I don't know what how to practice. I don't know what to practice. Right. And so what if there was something that they could sort of zen out on and start their routine with mm -hmm. and then like create for themselves this practice routine and then do the things their teacher asks, et cetera. And I thought, oh, that might be a cool thing to do someday. And then the pandemic hit and then we did some of those for Jazz Ed and mm -hmm. it was kind of fun. And, and I'm just wondering, um, you know, I didn't do it sooner because so many people said to me, you can't teach music on, you know, over the right, computer. right. You can't do it. And but I then we did it. And then I thought to myself, you're probably right. You can't do it. Yes. All those reasons you just told me are really good reasons. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. And now we've been doing it. But yep. you seem to have known this before. And I'm just wondering if you can talk to us about that a little bit, because people are still resisting the idea that you can teach music, that you can't teach music online. And, and I think we've shown that that's false. Yeah, well, right? necessity is the birthplace of invention. It, it always has been and probably will always continue to be. Yeah. Uh, but when there's no other choice, you come up with stuff and then there's no other choice but to use it. And then when people finally use something that they have never used before, they realize, oh, this is doable. Never mind. Um, there is still resistance. Uh, there is still a, a stigma, you know, with online education. Um, but we have the technology now to make that possible. You know, maybe this was going to be really weird even just a decade ago. Mm -hmm. You know that we didn't have quite the right, um, like, right platforms to get the point across, especially when it comes to practicing, right? Um, because you can get online and you can teach and stuff like that. Uh, but for someone to be able to just log on to something and just be like, I need to get my fundamentals done for today and press play. And it's kind of like those workout videos, right? You just mm -hmm. put it up on the TV and then you press play and you do the workout. And it's like a no brainer because you just do whatever the video tells you to do until it's over. Right? You never regret that decision. And it's the same with practicing. Like you never want to get started, but once you do, it's okay. So it's great to have these resources where you can just press play and just get it done because reality is not just kids, but grown-ups too that are learning an instrument. 
it takes them a long time to realize how important the first 30 minutes of the day are, right? Oh my Those God, like, I could not agree more. First of yeah. all, I am not and never have been good about practicing to a major fault. If I, if I had learned that practicing just a little bit every day, if I had been doing that since I started the trombone at 10 years old, I would be such a filthy trombone player and I'm a good trombone player. And that's all uh -huh. I really ever wanted to do. Like I, I just, I'm fine with being a pretty good trombone player. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, I don't pursue, pursue performance as my main, um, medium. Well, uh, I know about myself, like the times when I was pursuing performance, yeah, my chops were so much higher, so and much higher, dude, because I was practicing every single day. Right. Hours, That's the thing. I hate practicing. I have always hated practicing. And I think in my whole life totaled up, I've probably practiced like a total of 20 hours ever. Like I do not practice. And so it's really hard for me to teach kids. This is one of those examples where right. do not do what I do. Right. The wrong thing to do. Like right. my kids, I know they need to practice. I know they need to warm up. I'm really bad at those things. I need assistance to teach them how to do it. Mm -hmm. I suck at it, you know? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of the like, I think when I'm thinking about Estella's program, the, you know, zero to advanced mm -hmm. on trumpet, like I'm thinking of kids who might be sitting there in band class and they're like, why does that dude always get all the attention? Or why does that person on the trumpet always do it that way. I want to learn this and then like do it myself. Mm. Like, just like I remember as, as a kid, I wanted to learn how to play other styles than classical. Um, cause I'm a violinist and the only offerings I was ever given were how to play classical music. And so I was like, well, I want to learn how to play other styles. So what I did was I went privately into my room and like turned on Bob Dylan and played along with Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. But how cool would it be if like a clarinetist in the band is sitting there going, I really also want to learn how to play brass instruments. And then they could log into Estella's program mm -hmm. and on their own, mm -hmm. learn how to do this. And right. oh my gosh, it just sounds like a really cool thing because sometimes kids aren't Sometimes they want to do it in the privacy of their own home. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Especially adults too. I have a Kids lot. Kids and adults. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was just thinking about yeah. how many parents of current students mm -hmm. have come up to me recently and said something along the lines of, I used to play blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm so sorry something. I quit but I still have my horn in the closet. I just don't remember anything. Mm -hmm. And I usually suggest finding a fingering chart online. And I, I'm like, it, it, it'll start to come back, but it would be so cool if you could direct them to a, programs like this. Right. Exactly. Um, you know? Yeah, that's where it, uh, well, that's where it's necessary and important, I guess. Um, it's also so much more affordable, you know, it's not, yeah. private lessons are like, 
a couple hundred dollars a month to see to see your teacher once a week you know that's that's pretty close to to standard and then compared to uh something a program like trumpet headquarters which there are many others like for guitar and different things out there that i've that I have found um but you know they range from like 10 to 25 dollars a month you know some are a little more some are a little less um but that is so much more affordable and at least it's it's usually usually made by an actual competent you know teacher a, a real yeah. pedagogue of of the instrument um now that that brings me to uh to another point is that it is online and literally anybody can make a course and like put it online it, right like, you don't have to know anything about anything except maybe just how to make it to put it <laughs> online so um if i was gonna give like a big warning to people out there is really do your research if you're gonna start an instrument and i don't want to say that brass is super you know way harder than everything else but like brass instruments especially high brass instruments are hard they oh, are not God. easy if someone tells you that learning the, the trumpet or like french horn is easy they're straight up lying to you they are straight <laughs> up lying and straight i can attest to that as a yes. string player who had to you know go through the methods courses I just sucked so bad at it, man. And, but I love trumpet. I yeah. love, and I love horn, but yeah. it was, it was absolutely atrocious. And there was not time to get better. There was not time to build muscle mm -hmm. for my embouchure. It's it so demanding. Terrible. It's very yeah. demanding. It's and I, demanding. I totally get it. I totally yeah. get it. And it also requires this, I guess I was hinting at it earlier, thing that I never learned how to do, which is have like a daily little routine. Um, it's so important for oh, yeah. your chops, but also it's just a great skill in life. Mm -hmm. Possess yep. a ritual. Yes. Sometimes meditation. Yes. And yes, I, I love meditation. Yeah. I um it's harder to bring things into your life as an adult. I'm really working on doing these daily practices for myself. They're not on the trombone. They're more like meditation and yoga and drinking right. tea and reading right. and but you know, things that I want to do every day and really building it into my schedule. Um, but if we can teach kids that. That feels like so important because oh, having yeah. that regular uh, thing you know, to turn to can really help you in times of crisis. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and it also, you know, it it provides that ritual, but um, giving people access to these things, and especially kids. But, and I know Estella that you serve a lot of adults in your work as well, but. Um, and we were gonna, we were going to actually talk about this, but what I love about kids being able to seek on their own something like online tutorials, like what um, what Estella is offering here for Trumpet, um, it's kind of like an entrepreneurial mindset. The I'm going to figure out how to do this mindset and um, doing it on their own and like getting the idea of it of doing it and then seeking out a resource and then entering into working on it through this resource. That's like an entrepreneurial mindset. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I would love for my students to leave my program of study 
knowing how to seek new opportunities and mm -hmm. seek new learning and get better without me standing there telling them what to do. Right. Telling yeah. them what the fingering is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, there's there's well, always like this uh this huge spectrum of understanding, right, between people. And in, in in whatever whatever you might you might think about, like warming up, right? Going back to the whole fundamentals and warming up, like somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of experience might think that playing one scale is warming up. Right. Right. Or like when you teach somebody a long tone for brass, but they hold the long tone for like two seconds and they think that's a long tone. Right. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> my, I'm like, what? Uh, but I see this literally every single week. Um, so that brings brings me back to how important it is to have that like play button. Right. Mm -hmm. So That's like the, the total the one side of that spectrum. And then um, it's the same thing, I think, with anything entrepreneurial. There are things that are, you know, a little entrepreneurial, like mm -hmm. I'm going to learn how to Photoshop. So I'm going to go yep. on YouTube and I'm going to yep. look up some videos how to Photoshop. OK, so, you know, I would I would maybe just call that being resourceful mm -hmm. um, and just trying, you know, a, a lot of people like don't even get there. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important. Like when somebody wants to learn something, in my case, the, the, the trumpet, it, you have to like take them by their hand and like walk them in the door and mm -hmm. sit them on the chair and walk them through every single step because they have zero concept of what to do, what is expected of them, what is the actual, um, what is actually needed to get where they want to get. Maybe they know what they want to sound like. Mm. But they haven't grasped the fact that it's going to take about eight years to get there. <laughs> and that it's really unnatural to put a piece of metal to your face and oh, yeah. try and so weird. Like put beauty through it. It's a very bizarre thing that we are trying to do with the trumpet. Um, I you know, or me on my trombone. But Same with violins. Totally. It's it's an unnatural thing we're asking our body to do, but I always forget it. I, I know it. I know that it's true. I know that kids really have to start at, how do you sit in this chair? Mm -hmm. I know that. I kind of forget though. And then the first day of school with beginning sixth graders, that's when you remember. Yeah. Okay. The, and they're all totally freaked out Yeah. Um, because they don't know what to expect and they don't know that it's going to be okay. And we do, we hold their hands through the process, but once you get them set up right how they need, they go, they can. So cool that you are and had been before COVID, um, using this online platform as your, you have two businesses. Mm -hmm. um, we would love for you to just unpack a little bit the story of you, like how did it come to be when you got your first business license? And um, you know, what are some of the moments in this process? Um, maybe some of the sacrifices you've made and, and stuff like that, because there are a lot of us that 
sit in a career and we're like, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, people are out there making a living in an entrepreneurial way, but I would never be successful at that. Or I don't have the skills to do that. And I would love for you to just talk about some of this stuff. And you said necessity is the, uh, the place where invention happens. Um, and through necessity, you've had to take on quite a few like skills to bring your business to life. And it's not just music skills. So please let's, let's all learn from you right now. <laughs> cool. Yes. If you're out there and you're listening to this awesome show, um, <laughs> and you're thinking about, you want to, you know, you want to sell something, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't matter what you want to sell. Like you could want to sell your playing, you could want to sell your image. You could want to sell your, uh, charisma, uh, your jokes, your ability to create a website or organize houses it really doesn't matter like what it is that, that you love doing like if you really love doing laundry there's an actual business now that picks up your laundry on any given day of the week and they return it to you folded and smelling delicious there so, is a company that comes to my house every two weeks and scoops my dog poop and takes it away okay. there you go because i have obsessive entrepreneurship yeah oh. deal with poop Yes. Uh, and someone Cooper brought scooper. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there is something for, for everything out there. You, you can absolutely do it. So, um, to unpack, you know, a little bit of the backstory of, of these things I've done. Um, I grew up, uh, with my parents being business owners, uh, since I was little. So since a very young age, um, I grew up in Lima, Peru, uh, and I lived there until I was about 10. And then, uh, we moved to the States as a family. And, but you know, when we were in Peru, my parents, they owned a taxi business. So we owned 24 Volkswagens um, that took up every single spot on the street. So you can imagine that the neighbors loved us. They loved us. Um, and we employed the um, nearby homeless people to watch the cars for us. That was how we rolled in those days. Um, so I grew up watching that, you know, and then um, when we moved here, my mom set up a school on her own. Uh, my mom had already been here before in Texas, actually, when she was 16 for like a student exchange thing. And she came for like two years. And um, so she already knew, you know, a bit of English and things like that, while the rest of us didn't know any. And she decided to set up a, a language school in Tampa, Florida, which is still there. And uh, I saw that, you know, and it's like this exposure, like it, it just changed my mind about everything. I, I didn't grow up seeing my parents working like nine to five and coming home. That wasn't a thing. Like I never had that experience. Um, I would grow up with my mom maybe saying like, when do you, when do you girls wanna go on vacation? Me and my sister, you know? And then she would like book the vacation for whenever she wanted to, cause she owned the business, right? Mm -hmm. So since a young age, I kind of grew up seeing that and I was like, I like that. I want some of that. Um, let's do that. Now, as a college student, you know, I worked at, I worked at, I worked a lot of retail. So I worked at Best Buy and things like that. So yeah, I had bosses and, and those types of things. And that was a good experience. I learned a lot about customer service. Um, but I really learned during that time that I did not want to be an employee. 
and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being an employee. I was actually talking to my sister about this earlier. Everyone needs to work in the environment and the hierarchy position in a work environment that makes them feel comfortable. Um, being the owner of a business or multiple businesses has a lot of other responsibilities that maybe you just don't want to worry about. Like, why? why? You know, you have to maintain so many moving parts. Um, and maybe that's just not your thing. And that's totally cool. Um, but I grew up thinking that. And so through college, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to set up some sort of music business, but I don't know what that's going to be yet until I got to my master's degree. So for my master's, I went to the University of South Carolina School of Music for trumpet performance, um, a second performance degree. I actually did education for one semester in my undergrad, and that's all it took for me to realize that I did not want to do that degree. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what it was, but I have never been inclined to teaching in a classroom. Like, that just has never been my thing. Like, one-on-one, -on -one, I am so happy and comfortable and... And I love diagnosing and coming up with a solution and providing step-by-step -step directions on what you need to do this week so you can be better next week. But when it comes to teaching a bunch of kids, I honestly yeah. have no idea how you wizards do this. <laughs> a group of kids, there is no it blows my follow mind. Follow this methodology. It is a shit show. And it, <laughs> it blows my mind. Wants. It's a it's its own ecosystem and organism. Yeah. Yeah. And you just kind of have to However, we're good at it, right? Real I mean, Kelly it. and I, and especially when we're together. Oh my God, look out. The two of us together. <laughs> See, I love that. I just love that. There's Arena so much, people. I have so much respect because I, I, I can't. Like, it, I'll go nuts. <laughs> I'll jump out. Sidebar, this is why we have to give our students exposure to all of these different yep. things because the, it doesn't all work for everybody. It doesn't. And, and sometimes we don't know until we try it. You thought, you know that you like teaching. You assumed that this education thing was what you wanted to do. You tried it and you were like, hell no. no and right. So we, right? And I stood up and improvised in a big band for the first time and I thought, hell no. And that's just not <laughs> my happy place. And I'll yeah. do it, but it, I don't want to, you yeah, know? Exactly. I don't want to. It just, it comes down to that. Like what, what you actually want to do? Who cares what people want you to do? Just do whatever right. you want to do. But um, where was I? Oh, right. So I went to USC for my master's and at USC, they have this music entrepreneurship uh, program within the music program called Spark Lab. It's led by Hello. Dr. David Cutler, who is still there. And he is sort of like a, he's like a, an idea wizard. That's that's the only, that's the only, you know, I don't know the only description I can come up uh, for him right now. But he's an idea wizard. So um, you give him something, and then he'll just go off. You know, like brainstorming. Um, it may not all be useful, but it's not supposed to be. It's brainstorming. But then from all these things he says, you grab onto something, and that's what happened to me when I took this class. So I took the class, and I was uh, I don't know how. I don't remember exactly how now, but I was looking into something about sports and I saw this connection between uh, uh, sports psychology and music psychology, um, you know, per performance, like sports performance is so very similar in what's happening in your body and your mind when you're getting ready to do a recital, mm -hmm. all the nerves and all these, the preparation, the visualization, uh, the success, like all these different things. 
So I was like, huh, music fit. Okay, I'm gonna roll with that. And then I came up with a bunch of ideas for several projects for that class. And at the end of my master's degree, uh, Dr. Cutler held this uh, the summit. It was like a arts music summit. Uh, what was it called? Oh, the Savvy Musician in Action. I think that's what it was called. And it was this thing where you would show up and um, there were a bunch of other types of musicians and artists of all from all backgrounds. And you would pitch your idea and then six ideas from all the ideas we get chosen and then those six people would make a team of like six to ten people that would like work on Shark that Tank? yeah basically exactly cool. yes okay um, <laughs> and during that you know those few days or whatever that team would work on taking that idea from zero to actual plausible uh plan and um i pitched my idea i was one of the picked ones i made the team and at the end of the show, you know, they picked like a winner, which I won, which was very cool. Um, everyone in my team was amazing, absolutely amazing. But what we ended up with at the end of that whole thing was music fit. But it wasn't it, it, it wasn't what it is today. A lot of parts of it are still what was originally planned for it. But originally the plan was to have an actual locale um that was a school that also offered like all these different fitness type things for the kids um to do like sports as well as music like there were all these different ideas within that um but you know as life as life usually does to you is you know you think about something and then it's 360 and it ends up being something totally different uh so about two months after that so this was maybe four months after i graduated with my master's degree I just had like a little bit of money. I had probably $400 total. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, well, it's now or never. So I spent, I just dove right in from so many things I had learned at the summit, like how to make your website um, and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna use this, this website builder that they talked about, yeah. Squarespace, and I'm gonna jump right in there and start making it. I'm gonna make music fit for real, but it's gonna be a face-to-face -face studio because I don't have a loan to you know do what we were gonna do. And rent a building and all of those things. Yeah, I mean there's like all these moving parts, right? So I was like, okay, maybe I can't do that, but I can do this. And and that's such an important step when you're creating something yes, as an entrepreneur. It. It's that you know everybody wants the gold. But maybe you just need to start with the copper, you know, mm -hmm. or the fake gold for a little while. Till, oh my God, this you get is there, like, you know, resonating so hard for me. I'm right sitting now. here going, Kelly and I need to book an appointment with Professor Cutler right. on ASAP. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Just as a sidebar, <laughs> I have several times. Um, more than several times started um businesses um mm -hmm. as a side hustle out of necessity um you know uh none of them are really important <laughs> they're not all music or teaching related um i'm a little bit crafty would do the whole craft fair thing this type of circuit that. um but beth and i launched this show and we just dove in we had no idea what we were doing and um you know you just have to offer yourself some grace you yeah. have to be flexible 
you know, and the entrepreneurial spirit is what, and, and like your vision or your passion for the idea is what drives you, but you have to allow the end vision mm-hmm. to be able to be different than what you thought because so, you yeah, might discover. change because it'll become yeah. something different. And I, I would say definitely this show has become, I don't know. I never mean, thought about even having guests. Yeah, and I know. Since the, I think fourth show, we've always had a guest because yeah. it was obviously right. what we should be doing, but that wasn't the original vision, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, right. And exactly. hope, you know, and hopefully it'll, this show will be able to continue on and change and grow mm-hmm. and expand mm-hmm. and what have you. Yeah, um, exactly. That, that road, you know, everybody kind of has like what you just said, you're thinking about the the end goal, but you have to be flexible in how you get there because it's probably not going to be the way MapQuest told you to go. If anybody even remembers MapQuest, <laughs> that's right. That's I right. just want to point out that all of this is the idea of improvisation. Mm-hmm. It um, is, and th- just another reason that I think we need to be teaching improvisation to kids on all instruments mm-hmm. from day one. Right. Yep very important concept it's a mindset in music making and all of the peripheral things to do with music but this ability to kind of go with the flow yeah. is hard for a lot of humans myself very much mm-hmm. um and the more that you can practice it in different ways yeah. the better off you're going to be as an adult absolutely absolutely we're not people are not wired that way we are wired to want and to get not to deal with everything that's between those two words. It's a learned behavior and it's absolutely a learned mindset with everything, like with, you know, with improvisation too. If you, if you teach it from day one and you, and it's simple, you know, then, then it's not rocket science when they're finally, you know, six years in and it sounds scary now, mm-hmm. not anymore. Um, but yeah, so let's see, should we get back to the story? <laughs> Yeah, yes. sorry. <laughs> We're major interrupters. Me no, I love this. But both of us are. This is so, no, I, I love this format because you just kind of, you know, things spark ideas as they you do. talk about them. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's how Music Fit came to be. Um, of course, you know, I didn't start with 30 students. No, that doesn't happen for anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get this question all the time on Instagram and things like that from colleagues or other teachers and stuff. How? how did you build your studio like how do you have students i'm like well i started with none <laughs> um and then i have five for like a year you know it it's such a slow process uh, but i basically just emailed like 80 band directors within a 30 mile radius from where i lived at the time which was columbia south carolina and i got what six responses probably and a couple of them were like, hey, come to the school. I was like, hey, I'm gonna, I would like to come over to your school and do a free class for all your brass kids. I could do just trumpet or all brass or high brass or whatever you want. Um, and all I wanna do is just bring like a, like a business card or a pamphlet or something. And they're like, free, sure, come over. I love that. So I was like, That is all exactly right. what I would do right now. Yeah, if I was- <laughs> yeah. it's free. <laughs> um, so that's what I did. I showed up in a couple of those schools. Uh, the kids had a lot of fun. The band directors were there and they were like, hey, you're awesome. Come back every week. That's how I got some of my first just um, entrepreneurial like teaching gigs. You know, it was just on my own. I showed up. I got paid every month. It was great. 
Um, and that's where I got some of my first students. So probably for about the first year, I had about five or six. And then those students would be in like the youth symphony, right? The local youth symphony. And then the parent of the kid sitting next to them, it's like, that kid sounds good. Where are they taking lessons? And then I got a call from somebody else. Hey, my son's friend is first chair in the same symphony. And her, her mom told me she's, you know, he's taking with you. Um, word of mouth. Or it it's never, it's so underestimated, word of mouth yeah, in this day and age. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and know, that's how I want to pause for a second because all the things you're saying, though exciting, make me think it's still a lot of work, right? Like you have to really realize, I think, that it's scary. It's scary. There's it's scary. a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, there's going to be maybe some ramen nights <laughs> or a yeah. lot of them. There, it, it's going to be a little scary. And um, I remember there was this article that came out, Beth, right when I was thinking about leaving SPS and I didn't right. know what I was going to do. I didn't know that there would be a job at Jazz Ed for me to even apply right. for at that You're point. You're like, I just got to go. I just have to go. Yeah. But there was this article that came out about reinvention at that time. And you and I, it's like- I think I sent that to you. Long. I think I yeah. sent that to you, you dude. And I still you, read it. It changed your life. For real. But it's about this idea of like reinvention. Reinvention. It's an important just part of being human and acting with curiosity. Yes. Um, and it's just like full of advice. Um, if anyone wants to read it, I don't know what it's called and I don't know who wrote it, but I have it as a Word document and I will find out and I will make it available. It is amazing. Whoever wrote this is a genius. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It has to be, you have to keep yourself in a constant state of change. But I check in with this thing because yeah. the first idea is that reinvention never stops so like you mm -hmm. wake up in the morning and you are in motion and yeah. like with music like a whole note it's either moving somewhere or it's receding from somewhere it's always moving right mm -hmm. forwards or backwards mm -hmm. but that's what happens when we're trying to reinvent what we want to do and what you're explaining and it's a lot to take on it's a lot to take on and like sometimes you need help like I will personally say, and Estella, I don't know if, if you did any of this. I know you worked in that entrepreneurship program at USC, but I am getting a weekly consultation with a career coach, life coach. And I think, you know, for other people out there who are in my position where I'm not enrolled in a college program, um, I highly suggest that because that's a person that can handhold you through that transition, which is mm -hmm. a huge roller coaster, man. Like yes. sometimes you're totally on the top of the world and you're like, I am gonna freaking rule. <laughs> and then <laughs> and, then, and then, then you click you go get down on your website you're like, and nothing I happens. Am, <laughs> you're like, I am a total loser. How did anyone possibly <laughs> hire me for anything? Right. Yeah. And that's 100% normal. And that's where a lot of people stop. Yeah. <laughs> they stop. They, they like retreat to the safety of, mm -hmm. oh, a 
full-time school gig, yeah, which exactly. is something I have been doing for 21 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Dude. I know. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's, it's a huge concept to unwrap and to, to get your mind around. Um, but it is not easy. There's a lot of sacrifices, mm -hmm. which we'll get to, I'm sure. Um, and, 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 you know, if, if you ever think it's going to be over, it, it's not like, right. it's never, there's no, there's no end game for this type of, of yeah. lifestyle. Right. Right. There's no yeah. end game. And all like, also there's not necessarily security financial right. stability think, these are things that a lot of people really value and that is great and really responsible mm -hmm. for sure yeah um, i mean it's um there is security but you have to build it you have and, to build it and it's not easy you know it's right. not you you have to actually build it yourself like, there's no backup plan there's no one, you know, in the back ready to catch you. It's just if it doesn't you work, you. it's all your fault. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's and that's also a really big, that's a really big deterrent for, yeah. Yeah. for people yeah. because, you know, if you have, if you're the only one doing it, uh, like in my case, I'm the only one that has been working on this. I, I actually recently hired a person as a social media manager. Um, that's but, awesome. Uh, because I, I, I couldn't do it on my own anymore. I was going nuts. Um, and, and she's an amazing help. But, you know, that 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 idea right there is like, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. But uh, maybe maybe I'm just not going to be good enough at it. Or like, you know, maybe this this other person is doing something really similar yeah. and they're really good at it and they have a ton of followers, it seems, and their website looks really good. So why bother? Right. Totally. Yeah. So I, seriously, like every morning when I'm doing my morning journaling, I am writing these things. Mm -hmm. I'm I like, well, uh, good. Journaling is really like the key, man. Like that has been one of the things that is keeping me sane at this time. You want to know what my journal says? Uh, the cover of my journal says, wake up and smash the patriarchy. <laughs> Heck yes. Heck yes. That. That's so great. Coffee. But like, um, I will talk myself out of it because thus and so has. A PhD or yeah. blankety blank has already published two books or right. da, da 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 over here has money because their spouse is able to pay for their living and they can do whatever they want because they don't have to make any money you know yeah. and it's just all this stuff that's like well i guess that doesn't apply to me so i'm out you know right i'll, I'll talk myself out of it exactly absolutely absolutely i have um i have three really really big i like idols uh, we, we can talk about them if you want later, but one of them is my mom. And the one thing that she told me, I don't even know how long ago, but I never forgot, was that it doesn't matter how much you know, but what you do with what you know. Mm. So that 
played a big part in what she did, you know, and she built that language school. Um, it's not like she was a proficient English speaker, but she knew a lot more than people that just arrived here that knew zero. So she taught what she knew. Mm-hmm. And through that process, she learned more and more and more. And that is so important. You don't have to be the best in the world to, right. to, to do it, anything. And as music teachers, we obviously know that. We couldn't possibly think that every single kid to come through our room is going to be a professional musician. That's no. ludicrous. Yeah. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is the, the practice, the investing of oneself, making music. The artistic process. People all of those things and they resonate with different kids in different ways and it's all important Mm -hmm. um but man do i wake up uh like with the sweats kind of regular thinking something along the lines of why do i think that i have anything of value to say like Mm -hmm. why am i writing this article Mm-hmm. Like, why am oh. I even doing this? Why yeah. do I think I should do this? Why oh, would anyone totally. read Every this? What, like, what am I doing? And um, imposter syndrome. Yeah, big mm-hmm. time. And I um, recently, um, there's a really special um, teacher, musician, composer in Seattle who recently passed named Jim Knapp who I wasn't close with, unfortunately. I really, really adore um, his music. Um, But people, when he passed, of course, and continue to be posting about Jim and how he inspired them. And my friend Beth Fleener um, wrote um, that Jim told her that, this is a loose quote but if you can see something you can see something existing in the world but it doesn't exist yet it's your job to build it it's your job to do that and that i printed it out the quote (laughs) and it's like hanging next to my desk because that that is um helping me a lot yeah. Like I can see this thing. I can see a world where kids are playing music. Um, maybe it's at school, maybe it's at community, um, nonprofits, whatever, but kids are playing music. But the way that we are approaching that music mm-hmm. is much less centered on Western art music. And it's much, much less more... centered on perfectionism. Correct. Mm-hmm. And and where kids are learning to be um, creators mm-hmm. and um, and really building much much healthier communities with each other through music, and I can creators see connectors. It. Yeah, I can see it, and I have seen it, but I can see how it can be bigger. I can see how you know. 80 years ago, jazz music was not played in the public schools. But now it's basically mandatory in the public schools. I can see that change happening again, but for teaching jazz in a different way, Mm -hmm. teaching um, concert band and orchestra in a very different way. I can see it. I don't know how to get there. We're going to get there. 
we're working on it. These conversations are a part of it. Yes, absolutely. And um, you know, we've got people, like I was contacted by a young teacher. It's his first year of teaching. And he's like, I listen to your show when I'm driving to work. Hmm. And it's like, I'm thinking to myself, this, this dude is a beginning teacher and he is listening to all of the, the folks that we're bringing on mm-hmm. like Estella. And um, hopefully some seeds are being planted for oh, that yeah. type of change. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You never know who it's going to reach or how it's going to reach them or the impact and the ripples. And yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I just have to believe that it helps a little bit. You and know? we have think- to believe that it's our job to do it. Yeah. yeah, I really think that like conversation and really thinking deliberately um, about what we're doing, we got to stop for a second and we need to have these conversations. Yeah, it's, and it's so important that we're having you on the show, Estella, because you made this choice to do this. You made this choice to do this and you're doing it and you know, come hell or high water, you're gonna be developing your businesses. You're gonna be offering your business or your your products to people and people are benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, people are benefiting from what you're doing. And for those of us who are sitting here going, I gotta get out of public schools. I gotta get out of public schools. This is proof. Estella is proof that you can have a career in music Or maybe education. just, I got to get out of New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. But it needs to be on my computer because I need to hop in my camper and I need to go camping for mm-hmm. my own health every weekend yep whatever it takes whatever it is you know whatever it takes absolutely i mean when uh about a year about a year after i graduated we uh, moved from uh, my fiance and i we moved out of columbia south carolina because nothing you know nothing against people who love columbia south carolina but it was not my thing i was like (laughs) i need to get out right now so as soon as she graduated, I was yeah. like, oh, let's go. Like literally a month after she graduated, the U-Haul yeah. was back that we were coming yeah. here. It was, yeah. it was so fast. And it was crazy because um, she didn't have a job here. <clears throat> I had just, um, it, was, it was two years after I finished. So at two years after I finished my master's, I had a good study, like 12 students. Mm-hmm. Cost of living in Columbia, South Carolina is very low. So you don't really need, you know, a billion students to make ends meet at all. Plus I did some gigging Mm -hmm. and um, I I do manage part of a a family business. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, okay, this is gonna be hard. So that was actually, that that, um, jumping in the deep end like that, Mm -hmm. right? Moving to a city where we had no family, no friends, no jobs. actually gave birth to what Music Fit Academy is today. Because if I hadn't made that move and that thing that looked so scary at the time, Mm -hmm. I would have never asked my current students to try lessons on Skype Mm -hmm. because I was like, hey, I'm leaving, 
but you're making a lot of progress. Some parents were like, mm, I don't know about that. That's weird. And I was like, well, you know what? Try it for like a couple lessons. And if you hate it, we'll just stop lessons. Now I yeah. recommend you to someone that's local. That's totally fine by me, but try it. You know, like we've built rapport. I know you, I know your kids and your family, like try it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, all right. So I moved, I think two or three dropped completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I moved here with a, like, a, I think I had my maybe eight, eight or 10 kids still. And that was great. Like it was so, it was insane, right? And that's when, so that was 2016. That's when I realized how much you can do online. And yep. I was like, holy cow, okay. My brain is moving, the gears are turning. This is a thing, right? Um, and I started teaching online. I started moving absolutely everything to online because I have this dream that one day I'm gonna live in France. And hey, you are. And you know, I just I just have that like in my in my mind that that's just gonna happen in the next ten or fifteen years. Okay. And so I'm like building towards that. So when I move, I'm like, okay, I'll just take all my stuff with me, and that's it because all I need is internet, right? And um, and I started doing it, and then I was like, huh, Trump headquarters, because I was running out of room. So I was getting applications for students. And they were like, my kid can only, you know, be at lessons Wednesdays at five because he has karate and taekwondo and cooking class and baseball practice and tutoring for math and science. And he also, you know, I mean, ugh, the amount of things kids do blows my mind. But I mean, literally in high school, I did band. <laughs> That's it. So I don't know how his kids do it. Um, and I was like, okay, so I was having to turn people down. I was like, I'm sorry, but I can't. I'm booked at that time. Let me recommend you to my friend. And I was just sending them to some of my colleagues. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what if I had like an online program thing? Because at that time, membership membership things were starting to show up, but it wasn't like it is today. Today, everything is a membership, right? Yeah. Like you, you just gotta be okay with paying monthly for whatever you want, yeah. because that's just how things roll now. But at the time, it wasn't like that. There were a lot more just that like lifetime memberships, you know, you pay a hundred bucks and you're, you're on the website forever or, um, and you know, things like that. So it was just starting to flourish. And I was thinking, what if I had a website full of trumpet resources that are totally free so people can actually get good information instead of the stuff they found on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then in that website, I can put like a course that people who want to study with me, but I don't have room can just kind of hang out there kind of like in limbo for a little bit and learn some things mm-hmm. while I open up another mm-hmm. spot. Mm-hmm. And that eventually turned into, which is that whole thing about being flexible by your ideas, right? That turned into, you know what, it's just going to be a course. Like for people that can't afford lessons, for people who just want to do it on their own, they don't want to be watched or looked at or criticized or, you know, shy people, people that travel a lot, have a lot of students on there who are in the military all, you know, things, things like that. And the first thing I did was I came up with a name because trumpetheadquarters.com just kind of, it just kind of came to me. I was like, Trumpet Headquarters, because it's going to have everything Trumpet. That makes total sounds sense. very official. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, and it sounds like really strong. So I was like, yeah, let's do that. So first thing I did was I just went online and I claimed my domain and I claimed my name on all the social media platforms. And then I did nothing with it for about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and why I didn't do anything with it was because I had no idea where to start. It's like, 
it's like I had planned on climbing Mount Everest and I was at the bottom, but I had like no gear, no experience, no coach, no clothing, no shoes. N you know, the, the, the metal was rusty. Like it was super windy. Like it was just so yeah. overwhelming. It had like, a noodle on it sometimes. Yeah. So just let it go yeah, for no. a minute. It was way too much. I was like, I was like, oh, you know, I always just thought I'm going to get to it. Um, and I'll, and I'll get to it. Like, I know I will, but right now it's just, it's too much for me. I can't do that right now. And then somehow 2018 kind of rolled along and I was like, okay, maybe it's time. And I literally started with a notebook, which I still have. It's a purple notebook. And I looked up every single trumpet course or anything like it that I could find online. I looked into everything about them, pricing. I looked into how the courses were taught. If they had some free lessons, I would watch them and I would write pros and cons. I love how they do this. I don't like how they do this, or this is actually being taught wrong or, you know, whatever. And then I put in the notebook, I still have it. It's, um, it, it says, what do I think I could do better than this other person mm -hmm. that's out there, right? Yeah, what can um, I offer? What mm -hmm. do I do? Exactly, right? And um, I started with that and I started coming up with all the ideas for the pages and I just filled in, I don't know, like 30 or 40 pages, sadly in pencil. Um, I don't know why I would do that. But <laughs> if, you, if you are ever going to plan your life, something really important, do it in pen, for God's sake. Um, and I just started doing that. And then I started thinking, okay, how do I start? Well, I need to start with the website. So I started learning how to work with WordPress because up until that point, I only knew Squarespace and WordPress has a huge learning curve. Mm. Like it is so complicated. I had never coded. I had never had to spend nine hours to figure out why the stupid little box wasn't <laughs> the right color. Like yeah, it no, was so you. frustrating that there were days where I was like, I haven't done anything. Like I, I just, I just colored in this box. That's, that's, all I did today in eight hours. And there were so many times during that process, which was about six months is what it took to build, um, to build all the free stuff on the website, like all the resources that you can find on there. It took about six months because I was learning how to do it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just WordPress. Like it was a little bit of coding. It was graphic design. I had to learn right. how to use, um, you know, graphic software to make things look pretty and all these different things. But after those six months, I was so burnt out. Mm -hmm. I took a hiatus. Hi hiatus? Hiatus. Mm -hmm. Hiatus. I'm still, I'm still learning English after 20 years. Um, I am after 42, so. There you go. <laughs> but I was born here. Perfect. English is a jacked up language. You know, this You're makes so me... messed up. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, we're starting to, it's just about wrap up time. Okay. But when I'm, really been thinking a lot about um the last few months and i i want to put out there into the atmosphere is that like yes we can all teach ourselves how to build a website i've done it yeah i've done it um but also i have discovered the world of bartering and embraced mm -hmm. it recently i have like just started hanging out with a lot more creatives of not just musicians which is my normal like area and um have just started trading things you know like you build my website and i'll do this for you and yeah and everybody remember yes musicians and educators so a barter technique is hey i can teach you how to play violin 
Absolutely. I can play a gig for you. How about a, you know, little, I mean, all there's just like infinity things that we can trade. And that is my new vibe. Yeah, for um, sure. Because I would love to get some pro help in building a website. Right. And maybe there's someone out there who wants to, and so you just put it out into the atmosphere like Estella did. She said, Mm -hmm. does anyone have a podcast who wants to talk to me about this thing? And I was like, yes, let's talk about it. See? Yeah. I mean, I had just, um, I had just (laughs) finished, finished a redo of what I had already finished. Mm -hmm. And, and the website is finally like what I, you know, the course is what I envisioned. Um, And I was like, I need to talk about this. Like mm-hmm. so many people could benefit from just some of the ideas, maybe some of my experience. Um, and, and I'm not all knowing, you know, I have so much to learn. Like in another 10 years, I'm going to look back and be like, what was I doing? I'm sure. But right now, you know, someone could benefit from that. So yeah, just went on Facebook. Hey, if you have a podcast or a studio or a college or whatever, just let me know and I'll just show up and talk about stuff. And here we are with our new friend Estella, trumpetheadquarters.com. Check it out. Thank you for being on Thank the show. Thank you for inspiring us all. A million thanks to our listeners, followers, and subscribers. The support we receive monetarily and otherwise helps us to be able to spend time creating a quality product and it allows us to tap into partnerships and resources to which we wouldn't normally have access. We are stoked about the journey of learning we have ahead of us and we are delighted you've decided to join.